So what? We watch anime. So what? We play League. We're just having fun. We don't care who sees. So what? We stay in. It don't bother me. Living young, pale and nerdy. Hello and welcome to the Rate and Entertainment Podcast, episode 248. For May 31st, 2020. Uh, this year kind of sucks. <laughs> Joining me this week, we have Andrew Rowe McFain. Hey, what's going on? And of course, my name is Nathan Reed Spruth. Uh, let's, let's just jump right into it. You go to find a row, you go to a row dot website that has all of his, his social media links, correct? Yep. And, uh, what games did you play this week? Uh, well, um, I tried over and over again. We'll, tr- we'll talk about that later. We'll talk <laughs> about that later. Fantasy Star Online 2. Yes. Um, what I did play of it. Ignoring the the bad parts, which we will um, discuss. Yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, uh, it's got a lot of like weird features in it. That uh, did did you get past the tutorial? I did get through the tutorial and made it to the the ship area. Yeah, that's um, where I got. That's where I got, and then like. It has so many things. It, <laughs> it has just it, so much that it throws at you. It's weird that, that, like, it's been going, like, this game has been going on for so long, and, like, that's the hub area. Like, that's yeah. the only real MMO portion of the game, as far as I can tell. Well, that's how the original Fantasy Star was, and Fantasy Star Universe on, uh, on the Xbox 360. Really? You didn't? You, did you ever play Fantasy Star Universe? Not at all. Oh, or I, I assume you never played Fantasy Star Online. And no, wasn't that like, is that a Dreamcast game? Well, it's Dreamcast. I believe it was also launched on PC at some point. But oh. yeah, and then Fantasy Star Universe was basically a port of Fantasy Star Online. It was very similar. Uh, but anyway, it was because they couldn't, back in the day, have that many people on a freaking Dreamcast in yeah, the same that, area. That makes sense. It, it's the... Like, it's very much the same thing as the first Guild Wars, as far as I can tell, where you have the, the hub area where you can actually see other players and interact and all that. And then you can go out to mission areas that are instanced it's it's uh dragon ball xenoverse yeah <laughs> uh it's just yeah there's a hub area you group up with your friends and then you go into an instanced zone for combat and and your loot rewards and stuff like that which i kind of like i prefer it to be more of an open world kind of like wow but or Final yeah. Fantasy fourteen, where it's an open world, but uh, you have like instance dungeons and stuff. With Final Fantasy eleven, pretty much everything was open world, which was great, except uh, only like one group of people could be in Dynamis, which was a high end raid area. Only one group of people could be in there at one point at one time, so you had to schedule with the other 
uh, link shells to make sure that you're not going in there and like competing with their times. <laughs> it was, it's such a weird game, and I think they fixed it in like the last few years since since they've been updating it and got rid of PlayStation Two. But yeah, like I prefer the open world with instance dungeons stuff like that instead of just pretty much everything being instance like it is in the fantasy star game uh but did you get to play anything after that or were the the issues insurmountable after that i probably <clears throat> hold on are you, are you okay sorry gotta i probably could have i just ate so oh right I'm full of full of phlegm um yeah I probably could have, but I spent like 45 minutes or so wandering around the ship uh, All looking right. for stuff, um, trying to figure out how to change my player ID, uh, <laughs> which turns out you have to do that from the main menu before you choose a character. But right. um, yeah, uh, I mean, it's interesting that there's like there's a whole area for players who want to gather things. Uh, right, like it, the player housing thing is kind of interesting. Like it, I, it feels like they've gone out of their way to make the social aspects very detailed, uh, at least as much as they can in a game that otherwise doesn't have a whole lot of like room for social things. Because uh, like the, that lack of the open world would in my mind kill a lot of that but i guess with just how expressive you can be in your character design and having the the player housing and all that like I guess right. is their way of getting around that problem um i'm just concerned about the depth of the combat more than anything because like you can if you want to play with just two buttons which is like wow um, and I don't mean like World of Warcraft. I mean, wow, that's crazy. Um, uh, and then like like I chose the three button setup, but even then, like it's easy. Yeah, you get you really have access to technically six attacks right, at any one right. time, and like it's weird in my mind to only have six attacks in an MMO. Uh, well, I mean, if you think and, back and like, to, I'm, I was going to say, uh, we mentioned Guild Wars originally, I believe with Guild Wars, you could assign four to six attacks or something like that. And that's all you got in that instance. That's so weird. Yeah. It's really strange. Uh, and like with the Gunblade, uh, two of your attack slots end up just being swapping between ranged and melee. So in that case, you only have four attacks. And, like, again, that, that's split up between ranged and, and melee. So, like, it, it's weird. Yeah. Everything about that. I, uh... I, I don't know. I, I kind of want to play more of it, but at the same time, is it really worth taking up, like, 70 gigs on my game drive whenever... I'm not going to be able to dedicate the time to it yes. that I think it, it needs. Yes. Yes, it is worth 70 gigs of your <laughs> of your 100 gig game drive. 
So it's five hundred, but games are fucking huge nowadays. I know, I know. We need to install Warzone, which is like two hundred gigs. I'm I I have not installed Warzone, but let's uh what Warzone? other uh Call of Duty Warzone. Oh right, yeah, I uninstalled that a while ago. Oh, um, I never had it I, installed. I was joking. I, I even uninstalled Halo because I just couldn't like. But I I didn't I don't play it enough, and yeah. it's just too fucking big. Even uninstalling the the games I don't play, like it's still like fifty fucking gigs. I just can't. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, what other games did you play this week? World of Warcraft. Anything else spectacular? Um, there's a there's a cute game called Autonauts that uh, was on sale recently. I think I've heard of and... it. I think, I think I've heard of it. You know, you know Factorio. Yes, it's sort of like a Factorio type thing, except there is a robot programming language where, it, like, instead of just setting up assembly lines and and whatnot, you are uh, programming robots to do work for you. Um, oh, that's cool. But it's very cute. Um, like. I don't think there's combat and whatnot like in Factorio, which is very much more like towards what I want out of a game like that. I don't like the the aspect of Factorio where uh, you are dealing with waves of enemies over time. Uh, that kind of kills a game like this for me because I want to focus on optimizing uh, my assembly lines and uh, like being able to to work on that instead of having to think about the tower defense aspect at the same time. Um, but also, it has a top-down perspective, which is much more preferable as compared to uh, Satisfactory, uh, which is another Factorio-type game from the people that made uh, uh, Goat Simulator. Oh, right, and, right. Yeah, I... I like Satisfactory, but the first-person perspective kind of gets in the way very often, especially whenever you're trying to put down buildings. And, like, it's it's hard to do that precisely whenever you're you're putting it right in front of you and trying to line it up with other things and all that. So if you, if you ever had interest in Factorio, I highly recommend Autonauts. Um, it, is, it is surprisingly deep for how on the surface it looks like just a it looks like a children's game to be honest it, it looks like something that you would have found on the PS1 uh whatever like edutainment games were prominent right uh, right i loved edu edutainment games i i don't i hate them i hate all edutainment <laughs> games they're all bad um but but it does sound neat to be able to to have that little bit of coding language i think that uh, it would have been better for us had they had games like that when we were kids, right? Where you could kind of yeah uh, code uh, in the game type thing. That'd be pretty cool. It is. It is. Uh, also, just just to put it out there, it is uh inspired by Scratch. Um, I don't know if you know what that is. That's a, uh, a language ish, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's actually meant for teaching. Uh 
kids and anyone who is very new to the concept of coding um kind of the the basic concepts of logic and and flow in programming um the 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 language is is very much based on that so like it's all graphical and drag and drop and um like in the tutorial you don't even you're not like dragging code blocks and whatnot around you just hit a button and then do what you want the robot to do and then hit a button and then the robot does it and it just shows you how that program is made so like it, it's it's not it's not um overly complicated if you are apprehensive about that uh yeah definitely definitely very very strong recommendation if it is on sale it's only twenty dollars normally but if you're just curious i got it for 10 bucks so just wait for it to go on sale again yeah that's you gotta wait till games go on sale nowadays I don't think I don't think you have to, but I think it's it's something where like if you're not sure that you would be into that, that it's definitely worth the impulse buy at ten bucks. Yeah. Uh. Well, the games I played, I played some of the Fantasy Star Online two as well. Uh. But yeah, I didn't have the problems you had when I when I first started. So um. Yeah, I I was able to log in right away. I was able to create my character. And I was able to um, to to get the first mission loaded, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I thought that was, I thought it was okay. Um, it's definitely with the UI, it shows its age. Like I think it shows its age beyond 2012 when it released. Like the UI Wait, it only came out in 2012. Yeah, yeah, and wow. the UI <laughs> looks like it's like mid to early 2000s it like, definitely looks like something that would have come out on the gamecube like and the graphics aren't bad i say the graphics are good but but yeah definitely the ui elements have not been updated since like the early 2000s um, part of me appreciates that but yeah you're right like it it just overall feels and looks like a game from from 2004 yeah. Uh, I played, I, I went, and then other than that, I beat that one game. I beat, uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. That's a, it's a good game. I enjoyed it. There are some bugs that I was able to, to, to capture just to do with like the physics. Like, um, I jumped in and I missed a jump, but I hit the wall and it like shot me back like 10 feet. Like those type of bu physics bugs. Interesting. There was another one where you can use force pull on ropes. So like if you're trying to make a jump, you can use force pull and it will bring the rope to you and you grab onto it and you swing across. However, uh, it I, I did that, what you're supposed to do, and my hand reached the the rope and I kept falling. <laughs> that I just died. So my guy never, never grabbed onto the rope. So, uh, and then there was one last thing that force push. If you ever do play through the game of row, which I, I would recommend if you pick it up for like 20 bucks, it's definitely worth a play. Um, get force push right away. Like the, the upgraded version, because it just, 
it breaks the game in a lot of cases. Uh, I already told you last week about the guys with like purple. They're they're not lightsabers, but like they have purple staffs basically, and they're like, oh, we're the hard the harder versions of the stormtroopers, and you just push them off the level. But there was a point for some reason I don't know who it was. There's no narrative to explain why he was here, but there was a bounty hunter. Kind of like Boba Fett, but his name was Atticus Rex, and he had a robot with him. And uh, I, I think it was the Ed 209 from Robocop. And I, I'm like, oh no, wow, this guy's actually pretty hard. And then him and the robot just happened to position themselves in front of me, and I used force push and knocked both of them off the level. <laughs> and it's like, Atticus Rex has been defeated. And it wasn't just like, Oh, this is another random enemy. Like, he had a life bar on the top, like an old-time <laughs> boss. <laughs> so, uh, Force Push, definitely uh, a game game changer there. Uh, and then that's pretty much all I played yesterday. Uh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Friday, I went up and hung out with a friend. Uh, we had food and stuff. They've been feeling pretty down because of the whole covid and and furloughing and all that going on and they may potentially get furloughed they they are getting furloughed one day a month um but their department may get furloughed a day a week which would definitely cut into the budget because you know they're already struggling as it is and then losing 20% pay on top of that would just be insane so, uh, I went up there, tried to cheer them up, and we bought pizza and ice cream, and I didn't eat the ice cream, so now they just have a full bucket of ice cream, which I'm kind of mad about. But, but um, then I, I was like, I need to go home on Saturday, because I didn't want to, I don't like imposing for more than a day or so on people. So, I was like, I'm going to go home, I'm going to drive home, and it's a three-hour drive. And my phone kept giving me warnings. It's like, there's a, there's a storm a-brewing in Central Oregon. And I was like, oh, well, I should, I should get home before noon because the storm is at 1. And so I get home, and it's bright. It's, like, bright and sunny outside. And then, like, an hour later, uh, I posted the video to, to Instagram, which you saw. I did. Um, yeah, it was like that for a while. It was just raining really hard and super windy, like 60-mile-an-hour gusts of wind. It, it looked like a hurricane. Yes. And uh, it shut down my internet for six hours. Oh, wow. So thankfully, my Plex is on my, my, uh, my, my network, so I could still watch my Plex. <laughs> but, like, no YouTube, nothing. And I realized... Without the internet, I don't know what to do with my life. <laughs> I was like, I could go for a... No, I can't go for a walk. There's a thunderstorm outside. <laughs> uh, and my it's funny because it started up at about 2 o'clock. 1.30, 2 o'clock is when that started. And my roommate gets off work at 2 o'clock. It has to drive home from uh, a town that's 18 miles away. So I was like, yeah, man, don't die. Because 
that's that's a big storm that's out there. It was uh from what I understand, some places had some trees uprooted, but um I don't think there were too many like there weren't any deaths or anything. Uh however, I think nine thousand people had power outage for a few hours. And obviously I had lost internet for a few hours. And then once I got my internet back, I went to go talk to my friend Ricky. And he's like, oh, yeah, we didn't lose any internet. And then his power went out. So I don't... And the storm was done by then. There was no storm. He just randomly lost his power. Um, So that was, that was a fun day yesterday. I didn't really get to play very many games. I played a little bit of Binding of Isaac while waiting for the internet to come back. Anyway, uh, let's move on to some stories. We're going to start off with uh, Fantasy Star on Online 2. Uh, because we both played that. Now you had problems pretty much right from the bat. Uh, I, uh, I didn't. I, I I could log in and log out. It was fine. And then yesterday, after the internet came back, I was like, I'm gonna launch Fantasy Star Online too. And now I can't launch the game. Oh, interesting. It's not even coming. It's on the uh, Game Pass now. So oh, it shows up in Game Pass. Yeah, it's actually showing up in Game Pass now, but I still, uh, for some reason, I can't launch it. So that's a pain in the butt. Like, it won't even bring up the, like, hey, do you want to go into Fantasy? No, it's just nothing. Doesn't even try to launch it. Hmm. Are you able to launch it now? So it doesn't show up in Game Pass for me, but that's I've been so launching weird. it. I've been launching it from the start menu because uh if i go into the windows store it wants me to reinstall the game oh of course yes that sounds about right yeah uh but no i can uh, the launcher just came up so i can get there uh let me see if it will start but yeah uh so it, it did turn out that the uh problems i was having with getting it to start were primarily due to uh the anti-cheat yeah game guard and, i yes. think it's called and, yes and game guard is notorious for causing this kind of problem um so it ended up being my uh network monitor software okay uh so i have a software called net limiter that I use to keep track of what is using bandwidth on my computer. And apparently, uh, GameGuard doesn't like it. And so uh, the way that GameGuard seems to do its thing is it will let you start the game, and then it just starts scanning every fucking thing that is running on your computer. Uh, okay. I used, I used a Microsoft tool called Process Monitor, to watch everything that it that it was doing, um, and it ran through and scanned every running application, along with a bunch of like random or at least seemingly random folders on my on my hard drive. Uh, and at first, I thought it was the Xbox app because it would scan the Xbox app like four times, and then the game would kick me out. Uh, but then I realized it was scanning uh, service host, which meant that it was it was some like back end 
software that was running that it didn't like. And I was like, what could it possibly be? And that was when I remembered the net limiter thing. Right. And I, I don't know why it doesn't like net limiter because it's not like, it's not like, um, like a cheat tool or something like that. It's not something where like I can inject network stuff into data that's that's going through like i can't do anything with that it literally can just prioritize certain network traffic and like limit how much bandwidth something's using but for some reason um yeah well as soon as i killed net limiter i've been able to play it pretty consistently that said uh i have had a couple of times where just out of nowhere it will say another application has caused fantasy star online to close and then it closes and i i don't know what what is causing that because it's it's almost there at least it's seemingly completely random um and i have since restarted my computer at which point i got the common problem of uh the game thought that it deleted itself and so decided to re-download a bunch of stuff um and then it worked fine uh even though i've had the same applications for the most part running as i did the first time that i got the game to play uh nothing has told it to kill itself so i don't know um the the, the whole experience has been really really not great and um like i said before uh if i go in the windows store it tells me to reinstall the game um like, like it doesn't have a start button it has an install button so so um, you have to do it from the start menu which is where i was launching it from too yeah but like it, it's just like i am worried about what would happen if i went to like uninstall the game or something like with the window store go uh it's not installed i can't uninstall something that's not installed what are you talking about because i've had that happen before uh with was it state of decay 2 where yes. somehow uh two copies of it got installed and i deleted the one but the other one was just stuck in this weird limbo and like because of the way that windows store apps are packaged you don't have permission to modify the files on your own hard drive uh and I don't. I, I ended up having to do some really backward stuff to finally get that stuff removed. And other people are kind of reporting similar things, where like they have two or sometimes three copies of Fantasy Star Online two on their computer because the Windows Store just keeps reinstalling it over and over again, or like they'll restart and somehow it's decided to just delete itself. It's absolute madness, and I. It has to be the Windows Store that's doing it. I just don't know why or how, how any of this is happening. Uh, well, it's poorly programmed, I think, is the main problem. So it does feel like a very lazy, like it, it, saying it's a port job seems like a misnomer, but like they just very haphazardly. No, no what put... I'm, I'm not talking about Fantasy Star. I'm talking about the Windows Store is poorly oh. designed. <laughs> That's fair. Um, in fact, this PC Gamer has an article, and its its title is Fantasy Star Online 2 Launch 
marred by how shitty the Windows Store is. That's the actual title. Um, I it can says the eight-year-old the eight-year wait for Fancy Star Online 2's Western launch is finally over for some. That is, uh, others are stuck with errors or bugs that are preventing them from playing, many of which are due to PSO2's reliance on the absolutely awful Windows Store. It's getting in the way of what should otherwise be an exciting moment. Um, so yes, there are a lot of issues. It says, uh, though I was able to install the game fine and have had no issues playing, the PSO2 subreddit is full of threads complaining of numerous issues that can crop up between installing the free-to-play MMO and actually logging in. Sega and Microsoft, get your fucking shit together, reads uh, the current top thread. So that's that's a quote, not just me saying get your shit together. <laughs> um, there's one main, there isn't one main error code, unlike uh, Diablo 3's infamous error 37, but rather loads of different issues. Um, there's a bug fix mega thread, which includes advice on how to fix problems that range, range from the Windows Store being set to the wrong region to error codes 1813 and 104, which pop up when trying to run the launcher required to log in and play PSO2. Both of these errors apparently stem from system permission settings, but the suggested solutions don't seem to work for every player. Um, so yes, it seems to be a problem with the Windows Store and the fact that when it first released, it wasn't on Xbox Game Pass. It was on the Windows Store. So you had to go there. Like I couldn't find it for the first little while because i was like why would i check the windows store until i finally did and it was there and then right. <laughs> um yesterday i came home and i opened up my xbox thing and oh hey look fantasy star online 2 is finally in my little thing on the side uh right now it has a two out of five stars on the xbox game store uh it's sad because it's playable on console, horrible release. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, this this one is one out of five stars. It's great. Downloaded, download doesn't even work. Can start the launcher. Can't start the launcher because I don't have permission as admin. So it is not doing very well. It's almost um, like. Uh... Windows isn't really uh, built around uh, older games like this. Uh, yeah. Like, like, we could... Well, it, I, I don't even think that's the problem. I think it's just the Windows Store and how crappy it is. Well, so uh, the administrator thing in particular, um, there are... A, so the, the PSO2 Reddit has been absolutely instrumental in helping me figure out uh, what the hell is going on with this game? Um, but uh, one of the more prominent uh, problems is whenever that administrator prompt first comes up uh, for you to start the game, if you hit no, it absolutely destroys the game. Um, apparently, for whatever reason, if you click no on that on that administrator prompt, it will never ask you again. 
and oh. we'll also not start the game. Instead, your install just becomes completely borked, and you have to delete everything and start all over. Oh, that doesn't sound and good. Keep in mind, uh, even if you haven't actually gotten the game to successfully start yet, or, or rather the launcher, uh, because so the way that it is organized, if you uh, there the the part that you download from the Windows Store is just eleven gigs, and then yeah. once you once you download all that. Then you start the launcher and it downloads another roughly 50 or 60 gigs of game. Yeah, um, I, I know that because I've I've there's also another thing called the PSO2 tweaker, which can help yes. with things. And um, it didn't work for me. Not yet. I might have to reboot my computer, but I read like I did a patch for the game and it downloaded another 60 gigs. So I might have it installed twice on accident. Oh, um I've I've been using the tweaker uh whenever I start the game usually uh just because like that's kind of how uh if if you've been playing the Japanese version of the game which I'm not going to lie I'm kind of thinking I might like want to try just playing the Japanese version um yeah yeah with but... the with the uh the tweaker they're wanting to make it so that they can take it away from the Microsoft Store and just have a normal client. Yeah. Which and, I think like, would be pretty sweet. Yeah, I'd be all right with that. But um yeah, like if you if you end up having that problem and you have to delete it, you get a whole eleven gigs to download again. And wow. like that's that can be really bad for somebody who has like DSL. Yeah. Now now you here's know? another thing, like I expect there to be problems when there's an MMO that's released. That's just going to happen. Every MMO that's ever been released ever has had problems on launch day. Even World of Warcraft, for like the first six months, was super unstable. Uh, like every major update for WoW has had problems. Every online game, every game that, that like prominently features online has issues for the first couple of weeks after it comes out like that's just to be expected but this but none is of this has to do bad. with the online <laughs> yeah this is this is pretty bad when you can't even open the launcher and you have to use a third-party tool just to open the launcher or try to get it fixed like it's it's pretty stinking bad so uh what how is your frame rate when you got into the that hub area because so mine was bad. Uh, so I have read uh, that a lot of people are having really bad frame rate issues. I personally have not, but keep in mind, I also am playing uh, generally uh, during off hours. So uh, whenever I finally managed to get into the game, uh, it was like six a.m. Oh, so okay. There was nobody online. I have a real, um, I have a I have a quick question before you go on. What were you doing up at six a.m.? Did you not sleep, Aroa? Uh, no. Uh, see, I uh, no. It was during the week whenever oh. I was supposed to be, you know, doing Wor my job. Oh, <laughs> working. I, I have something to talk about on that as well. 
Um, but yeah, so PSO2, not very good. If you're thinking about playing the game, I would wait just a little bit. Wait a couple weeks and see how it's how everything's ironed out after that. Um, before we move on to the next story, you reminded me. Um, I also had an interview last week. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, a recruiter got a hold of me, and they wanted to run through some things, and I thought I bombed the interview because they asked me some Mac-centric questions, and I oh. did not know the answer. Um, like, do you remember anything specific? I know the exact questions. Um, what was, like, uh, what are four alternate boot modes for Mac OS? And my brain was like, alternate boot modes? Like, I know of recovery mode and, like, safe mode, but it also means, like, boot from CD, DVD, boot from USB, stuff like that. Oh, that's not what I was thinking. I was thinking, like, single user mode. That also single user mode, stuff like that is... is because there, there is a safe mode. There is a safe uh, mode. There is a recovery mode. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I thought I bombed that because I was like, other than those, I don't know. Uh, but it, like pretty much any of the alternate boot modes, CD, DVD, stuff like that, I looked it up afterwards. And then there was another one that I didn't know because I don't really I've, – I've, I've supported Mac OS. Like I've, I've worked on like trying to get solutions solved for them. But I, I don't use it frequently enough to know – all the acronyms uh that he asked what a p list was oh interesting and that's a preference list obviously yeah. um it's sort of the and i was like i don't Mac equivalent of a registry key yeah and i was like i have no idea um and then so i thought i bombed on that and then he asked one more thing about uh exchange servers like what he asked what delegation was on exchange servers and i had a brain fart on that one um, but, it, but then he also asked a lot of other questions, like what's DHCP send for, like a lot of networking stuff that I knew and a lot of windows based questions that of course I knew. I don't even know um, what the hell DHCP stands for. I don't know what it stands for, but what does it do is what he asked. Yeah. yeah oh, okay. And I was like, I, I knew what it did. It doesn't. Yeah. Dynamic. Um, so, uh, I was like, oh man, I don't know. Like I messed those. I messed up those Mac questions and he was a recruiter. So his whole thing is to get like this list of questions, like generic questions and then send them over to the hiring manager and the hiring people are like, okay, do we think this guy or girl could, uh, could work in this environment? Do you think they're smart enough? Let's get them another interview or this guy failed on those questions. We're not going to give him an interview. Uh, but I got an interview. I got a second interview scheduled for Thursday. Sweet. And this would be a support engineer technician or something like enterprise support technician. That's what it's called for Facebook. So, I mean, I would be okay if Facebook was paying me money, (laughs) but you know, (laughs) it's, I'm not going to say anything about Facebook. They're not my favorite company. But um, apparently they use like 80% max in their workspace. So I was like, you know, depending on how much money you're paying me, I love MacBooks. They're great. (laughs) They're my favorite. Please give me money so I'm not poor. Um, That sounds scary, though, that 
they asked something about uh, Exchange Server alongside if they're using a bunch of Macs because having having dealt with Active Directory and Exchange yeah. with yeah. Mac OS, it is uh, it is a veritable nightmare at times. So... Uh, we've had to use on uh, on the MacBooks at Sony. We had to use something called Jira, but from what I understand, Facebook might have their own solutions for those things that they built in house. Well, Jira so, is like a is like a, a internal wiki service, isn't it? Uh, from what I understand, it's something that helps you join MacBooks to an uh, Active Directory network. Oh, that's... from what I've experienced, from what we've used it for. Oh, there, there must be some other product that has a very similar sounding name. Yeah, I, I, I would imagine. I have no idea. Um, let's move on. We're going to talk about some exciting news. Very short, probably, but exciting news uh, for the Raspberry Pi Four. I, I kind of want to get one of these, but I have like no use cases to get them. Like, I think it's cool, but I can't justify it to myself to buy one for any reason. <laughs> Um, so the Raspberry Pi 4, uh, comes in four flavors now, uh, one gig, two gig, four gig, and eight gig of RAM, though I think they have discontinued, actually, I don't think they discontinued it. I think they still have the one gig, but the two gig is the same price now. They've lowered that to $35. Oh, that's interesting. And they I would have, have thought that if anything, they'd discontinue the two gig and make the one gig like ten bucks. No, they got. I I think that they're the same uh, price, but once the one gig is completely done, like sold out, they're not going to make anymore, and they're just going to have two, four, and eight. Uh, yeah, but they just sense. they just came out with the eight gig model, which apparently was leaked at some point. Like if you if you read the manual for the raspberry pi when you got it it would say like the raspberry pi 4 comes in one two four and eight gigs and everyone's like wait but eight gig isn't out and they're like whoopsie <laughs> um so the eight gig is now 75 dollars which is a bit on the high side for a single board computer but then again you're getting a full computer for 75 bucks yeah like so it, it eight gigs it, with with this kind of setup is kind of unheard of. Yeah, and it's a, it's a bit honestly like I watched a guy who was going through trying to push it to use all eight gigs of RAM, and it required a lot of stuff to be open. Like he had GIMP running, he had uh, like a file or a video editor open. Like he had a bunch of stuff open, and it was still only hitting like five gigs. So. I think that the 8 gig is going to be great. It's not going to be good for anything that we would use a Raspberry Pi 4 for. Like I we I, I think uh, um I, I could see this being good for like uh a, a home server type thing. Yeah, a home server or something, but not for uh like retro gaming or anything like that, setting up a oh, yeah, that, emulation station. Unless so, unless um like the well no even then i was thinking like if the ps3 or uh 360 emulators got arm ports for some reason 
Uh, but even then, like, yeah, I don't know. I it, think those those two those two machines only have five hundred megs of RAM. So, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, you're really gonna be running into the CPU and G- definitely the right. GPU problems at that yeah. point. Um, because those don't have that much RAM, but you also have to figure the the emulators could be uh set up in a way that uses more RAM than what would be found on on a PS3 oh, yeah. or some, or Xbox 360 or anything like that. So yeah, but I like I would I wouldn't see it being like that. You're not going to use eight gigs on an emulator. You're not. No. I would like to but, set. I I would like one of these and set it up as like a a little laptop would be pretty cool. Or so, um, like a render farm. This would be great for for that kind of thing because you will use a ton of RAM if you're if you're editing a bunch of video. Yeah. Uh, but I could see this as being like like if you bought like four or or eight of them and stacked them together, like you could have a pretty damn cost-effective render farm uh for video editing because that's all cpu driven like if uh doing effects that's gpu driven but actually rendering out video like if you're editing a ton of four 8k raw video this would be great for that purpose i remember there for a while people had a bunch of raspberry Pis, like twos and threes that they were using to mine bitcoin like they would just have little Bitcoin yeah. farming and, things, and and that worked pretty well for a while. Uh, and you have to have you have to have enough RAM to be able to fit the entire uh, workload in RAM. So oh. uh, eventually, because uh, yeah, um, there were a couple of uh, cryptocurrencies that you couldn't mine them on uh, Raspberry Pis anymore at at one point. I'm sure Bitcoin was one of them because you needed more RAM than they, than they had even at the largest capacity to be able to, uh, to mine. Well, Obviously that's been overcome, but yeah, there for a while, the time... I, I think the original Raspberry Pi only had like 256 megs. Yeah. I, I, I think the, I think the two was the first one that had like started at five twelve and then had a gig version. Yeah. The two B plus had a gig. And then the three and the three B plus both had a gig, and now it's one, two, four, and eight. So, uh, Raspberry Pi four, really cool. Th- because of this, because they now have an eight gig version, you know what the problem is with a thirty two bit operating system, right? Uh, yes. Unless you do some hacky stuff, you're stuck at only having four gigabytes of memory address space. Even even less than it's like three point something, but yes, yeah. it's four ish gigs. Uh, because of that, they have now released a 64-bit version of their operating system. It is in beta right now, and they have changed the operating system name from Raspbian to Raspberry Pi OS. I don't know why, and they don't really—they haven't really told us, but uh, it seems to work really well, like way better than my Raspberry Pi three with uh, Raspbian on it which uh, we discovered a couple weeks ago, does not run very well. <laughs> uh, so I would like to get one of these. So if anybody wants to buy me a Raspberry Pi 4 with 8 gigs, 
please contact me at reeton at reetonentertainment.com. That is my that is my real email for this for this very real website. I forgot to say where you guys can find me, but you, you listen to the other episodes. <laughs> or, or or go down to the description. I got all the links into the description. Yeah, uh, what were you going to say? on Debian. I would imagine. I, I, th- oh, I, th- I thought maybe they had changed the name because they didn't want it to necessarily be tied to uh, a Debian. But it is still based on Debian. Maybe they're thinking about switching to a different base image. Maybe, maybe they're going to... Everything going to switch to Arch. No, no, they will not do that. <laughs> I would imagine if they were going to switch to anything, they switch to Ubuntu. But uh, I think they're going to stick with Debian for a while. They they've had that for freaking ever for the Maybe Raspberry Pi so OS. People don't think that there's any kind of like official connection between them and Debian. I don't know. Let's move on. We're going to talk about something you brought up. YouTube is deleting comments. Yes. And uh, while many conspiracy crackpots will say that they've been doing this for a while, um, specifically, they are or have been deleting comments uh, insulting the Communist Party of China. Um, so uh, it, it appears to only really be happening... Um, in very specific contexts uh, where like you have to say two phrases or one of two phrases uh, using the actual Chinese characters for uh, these particular offensive statements. But it's still very worrisome because YouTube has admitted that, yes, they've been doing it, but it was on accident. Whoopsie daisy, we we accidentally programmed the AI to delete Communist Bandit and 50 Cent Party. Um, so that's uh, okay. So you know. I, I, I need you to tell me what does 50 Cent Party why why is that a communist thing? Um, or anti communist so, thing? I'm sorry. So, uh, the term. Wu Mao is a derogatory slang term for internet users paid to direct online discussion away from criticism of the CCP. The name comes from claims that such commenters are paid 50 Chinese cents per post. I so would imagine that 50 Chinese cents is not a lot of money. Well, yeah, but it's per post, bro. That's still like... I want to, I want to do the math here. Let's see. Uh USD to You do you do a hundred posts a day, that's that's fifty bucks. So is that what what half a dollar? So um yes, but here's the deal. So one Chinese yuan is fourteen American cents. So it's seven cents per post, it looks like. Well, what are are there fractional yuans? I don't know. Or are they, I would are imagine... they just meaning like 50 yuan? Yeah, if it was 50 yuan, but they would say 50 yuan, right? Because that that would be $7 a post. And I'm going oh, that to... Seems... That's yeah, no. way too high. I'm thinking $0.07 cents a post is, huh. is about right. 
Um, which I mean, I guess it depends on the, the place that you're living, right? Like if that's worth the amount of money. Yeah. Like, look at India. Yeah. Or, uh, Indonesia, like their average take home is like 200 us dollars, uh, a month. So, uh, anyway, they, so the YouTube's been doing this for a while and they're like, Oh no, I guess we were taking down these posts <laughs> that are bad. Don't worry. Like, it's, it's our bad. Yeah. Oopsie. Uh, we didn't, we didn't mean to tell our AI to delete these, these terms. Um, it must've just started doing it on accident. Like, that's more than a little fishy and uh, makes me wonder what other things are there that uh, that they may be deleting without telling anybody. What else is YouTube doing behind the scenes and Google in general? What are they doing to to censor information Uh, like this is very much the the whole like 1984 type thing um it like controlling people's thoughts and and controlling yeah. the flow of information to to perpetuate a certain Narrative. certain idea yeah. yeah yeah we're definitely living in that in the United States only in a different way but um yeah i don't i don't like that and i hope that they i don't like censorship especially when it's i get censorship when it's like hateful language or something like that right when it's like i'm going to I'm going to go to Aroa's house and burn it down or something like that. And I get Dairy Queen. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But so, so I get like, you know, Hey, take that down. Or like, I'll just like, I, I indiscriminately block people on my Twitter just all the time. If somebody annoys me, I, they're blocked pretty much immediately. But, um, Twitter going, and saying, hey, this person's ideas are different than ours, and banning them is bad. Um, unless they're, they're you know, making threats of violence or, or something like that. So I think that with YouTube doing this, it might be that they were trying to do that maybe to gain favor because they're not... YouTube's not available in China right now. They have their own, like censored version of YouTube that's strictly geared towards Chinese people. And um, YouTube is not allowed there. So I wonder if they were trying to appeal to the Chinese government and be like, hey, look at all the protections we put in. Do you want to... Can, can you give us money? Can you get us, give us some money? And that doesn't seem to be happening. So... I don't know. Did you want to talk about that other story? You posted it in the wrong section, so I didn't know. Oh, yeah. So I, I wasn't sure if you wanted to format it as a story because it's really like it's not a news story, or at least I haven't seen anybody pick up on this because it's such a minor uh, thing. Yeah. But the um, the, I guess, president or whatever of the company or dev studio that made the long dark uh posted a thing on on the steam page for the game talking about uh how the long dark is now on geforce now again 
after being removed. Um, and his statement was, back in March, I decided to remove the long dark from NVIDIA's GeForce Now game streaming platform as I disagreed with our game being incorporated into the service without our consent. We discussed our position with NVIDIA, which they respected. This week, NVIDIA announced they are shifting to an opt-in program for getting games onto GeForce Now. This means developers now fully control whether or not their games appear on the platform. So that says to me that that is probably why so many uh, publishers have pulled their games off of the platform. Is NVIDIA just kind of put all of their games on their platform without explaining that they were doing that? And I didn't like even after realizing that i didn't initially understand why that would be a big deal but then i remembered uh an indie dev that i follow on twitter talking about this um that every platform that your game ends up on you have to support that platform and by that i mean if somebody has issues playing the game on that platform they're going to go to you for help on why it's not working right even if you have absolutely nothing to do with why the game isn't working uh they're still going to blame you and your game for it not working correctly so by nvidia just kind of blanketing all of these games putting them onto their platform if something goes wrong uh if you're playing call of duty on geforce now and the the stream screws up they're going to go to activision's support and ask them why the game isn't working right and activision has absolutely nothing to do with any of that yeah and yeah i think i think that is why these these publishers and developers have pulled their games off the platform because they did they weren't given the opportunity to test their games on on there beforehand and with nvidia stripping the beta label off of their nobody is going to necessarily acknowledge that the it's a streaming platform and it's going to have issues. So if these developers slash publishers don't have the means to test all of these individual games, they don't want to have them on the platform ripe for the complaining from the internet masses. That so makes I, sense. I, I understand that now. Yeah. It's kind of bullshit for NVIDIA to have just kind of gone everybody's games are on our platform now whether they want them or not uh, yeah it's kind of fucked up i still haven't tried geforce now i don't think i will because it's just not there's my, no reason uh, to yeah it's not really my my bag of tea uh maybe if maybe if i buy that raspberry pi maybe uh yeah. maybe if i get a raspberry pi 4 i could then uh i could play that Did i you don't say bag of tea yes Yes. Okay. I know it's cup of tea, okay? But <laughs> like an interesting way to I was, alter the phrase. I was for some reason I, I, I had the, the phrase from Austin Powers and then cup of tea and I combined them together because like um there's the scene where he has the penis pump and it's penis pumps in you. Uh this really is my bag, baby. And <laughs> And so I, I I thought that, and then I thought cup of tea, and I put those two together. I'm sorry. 
Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, that's that's interesting, and I kind of get why like Bethesda and them are being like, "Hey, take our games off." You didn't tell us that you were going to do that. Um, I thought that like. G- Nvidia had gone and been like, "Hey, can we put your games on here?" And they're like, "Yeah, sure." No, no, I don't want that on there. But since now that you're explaining that it it didn't happen quite that way, it makes a lot more sense. But anyway, I think that's our podcast for today. I want to thank you, Aro, for being here. No problem. We're gonna we're gonna try to play some Fantasy Star this week. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I might I might try to actually. Uh, play the game i have to reboot my computer because uh when i go to the start menu you know that little bar that shows up when you press the play button like you press on it to start and there's a little bar that's like hey it's trying to launch that um in in uh in the start menu there's like you press the button to play the game or something and there's like a little bar that shows up on the bottom for a second it's like hey do you want to we're going to start the game or that it's running, and it uh, it won't let me try to start the game anymore because it thinks it's already running. Oh. Yeah. So I have to reboot my computer at some point. Oh, so, uh, which ship is your character on? Ship 2. Well, piss. What do you do? I, I hit... Uh, so whenever I, I started the game, I hit... Um, getting started and it i guess automatically puts you on the lowest population server yeah so on ship one see that was the problem is my friend was like hey i'm gonna be on ship two and of course that's the one that's like always full yeah it's like, crowded right now yeah it's the only like, one the that's crowded yeah and i was just like you suck but i've only played for like 10 minutes anyway so it, i could just create a new character on ship one okay uh, yeah uh, anyway, I will be back next week. Aroa might be back next week. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, make sure to leave a comment and uh, give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Uh, thank you for being here. Goodbye. Bye.